Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. It's MJ from the Coaches Panel. We're getting real close to hitting the 30s of this year's 50 Most Relevant. We're at number 42 this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're choosing to listen to this episode. Thanks for streaming and downloading this. Connor Rosie in at number 42. He's one of our third-year breakout candidates that might just have a ripping season. We already had one earlier, just a few days ago. And because we're talking breakouts, we're going to get the breakout Fantasy footy wise head. We got Louie back. Hello, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me back, MJ. Uh, glad to be back and can't wait to talk about one of the young guns of the competition, Connor we, Rosie. Is he affectionately dubbed as your boy just yet? Have, have you got him as your boy? I feel oh. like he's your boy outside of Hugh McCluggage. Every few days, I rotate between Xavier Dersma, Connor Rosie, and Zach Butters. So it's, it's hard to say at the moment. I'm in a Zach Butters mood. Okay, all right. Well, you sound like a true Port Adelaide fan at that point, mate, which is fair enough to this former first round draft pick, still just the 20 years old. He is forward eligible again for us this season. And last year, man, it was a bit of an up and down season, but there were some really big highs for us. His best ever score in AFL fantasy and dream team came as an 85 against the Gold Coast Suns last year, while it was a monster against the Crows in Supercoach. One 45. Huge score. By the way, that's his career score ever in Supercoach, while his best ever AFL fantasy score came in a 121 against the Brisbane Lions. Not a bad effort from him in his third ever AFL game. Uh, When you look at his average last year, it was a 68.7 in Supercoach, marginally down on what he did deliver for us uh, the year before in Supercoach. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he's prone to be priced at 54.2 as an average or adjusted. That's a 67.75. In Supercoach, he's priced pretty nicely for us, to be honest. Just over 375K, just a touch over 500K in Dream Team. And AFL Fantasy, 518,000. It's dangerous, Louis, I suppose, to ever quote Kane Corns in a positive light unless you work for uh, SEN. But he's been big for the past few years that Port Adelaide won that 2018 AFL draft, not just because of Dersma, not just because of Butters, but because at pick six, he believes they got the best footballer that can change a game in Connor Rosie. And while some are going to say it's Sam, while some are going to say it's Bailey Smith, others will think it's Lacocious Rankin. It's a pretty darn good draft if you ask me, but Connor Rosie has shown even in just a couple of dozen games, he's a real special generational talent. Oh, definitely. I think Connor Rosie is up there with some of those names and possibly the best impact player of that draft so far where he's able to get involved in the game and really stamp his authority. And we saw that from the third week that he was in the competition when he did dominate the Brisbane Lions who um, did go on to make finals that year. So uh, he's a special, special player. And that's why we're talking about him today because he has more than enough fantasy potential moving forwards. 
he's got that incredible ability that um and it's a challenge for that port adelaide have not been um not have not had to happen before with robbie gray they were like do we play him forward because he's so dynamic and and classy inside forward 50 but also when we put him through the midfield he wins clearances he gets out of, of you know traffic and he's just an incredible footballer they've almost got that similar problem again a couple of times over both with butters and now also with rosie that you could build this compelling case that for both these guys and for connor especially go we could build a forward line around connor rosie as a perma forward and that would be an incredibly dynamic forward with him and dixon and then just the cast of characters around that Conversely, you could build it through the midfield and you go, we've got the aging Rockcliffe, we've got the aging Boak. Um, we're going to build our new midfield dynamic around a Connor Rosie. He's just that good of a player, isn't he, Louis? And you don't have to watch footy for that long to know wherever Rosie is, the ball isn't that far behind and opposition midfielders and defenders start to just panic a little bit because he's so strong, he's so clean, he's so quick. He, he is the modern day perfect footballer. That's it. He's extremely talented. And as we've seen, he can be a dominant forward and he can run through that midfield and really take it up with the best of him. Fortunately for Rosie, I think he's maybe a little bit of a victim of circumstance with the structure of the Port Adelaide team where mm. they're quite old and mature in the midfield and they've built a young team around them. So they're sort of buying their time. They're rotating through. But until the likes of Rockcliffe, uh, maybe Boak moves to a half forward flank, these sorts of players sort of come down from that rotation. I think that's when we'll see Rosie and Butters. Uh, I know the podcast is about Rosie, but we'll see these young yeah. guns being injected into that midfield. And that's where we'll see the scoring uptick. And there's no reason that that can't happen this year because we saw Rosie play predominantly as a midfielder in the um, Marsh Cup, as well as the yeah. preseason games internally at Port Adelaide. And he was really, really good. That was the only game I was able to see live this year. And I can say that he and Dan Houston, rest in peace, his sort of chances <laughs> were just a step above the rest, albeit a preseason game. Yeah, no, you talk about those preseason games against Brisbane. He was a 94 in Dream Team and Fantasy, a 108 in Supercoach. Uh, and he played a big chunks of the game, kicked two goals too in that game as well. So, yep, that doesn't really, really count to what he did in 2020, but it just reminds us of what he can do. In the games he did play last year, it was limited due to some injuries. He still scored well, and again, off limited midfield opportunities last year he averaged a 78 in super coach he posted five tons and an additional four scores above 80 while in afl fantasy probably not as big because his just impact on the game is so strong without those midfield and those high possession numbers that's where some of that super coach waiting just probably tilts in his favor a little bit more while in afl fantasy uh, it was just uh, a couple of tons and uh, a few more scores over 80 that was in his debut season while last year he started strong, a 105 and a 145 in Supercoach. Not a bad first two games to kick off the year, albeit three months apart. While in AFL Fantasy, it was an 85 and a 76. If you want to adjust those scores, that's a 106 and a 95. Everything started to go right for him. And then as the Port fan, maybe you can talk into it a bit more, Louis. He did start to just struggle through the year a little bit with injury. He ended up missing some games because of it. He had some low scores, had a couple of hits to the head as well, some ankle concerns. Just didn't really get back to that peak fitness right till probably towards the last two or three games of the year, was it? That's it. Quite early on, he started to be internally managed. Port Adelaide still wanted him out on the field because, you know, he's so important to their team and their structure and their 
premiership chances. So uh, he was managed early on. And unfortunately, as you see with ankle, foot, Achilles problems, they just tend to stick around the whole season until yeah. you give them a little bit of rest. And that that did end up eventuating uh, later on in the season. And he was able to come back pretty strong, even posting, I think, a, an 80-plus score in the preliminary final, which is yeah. a, a good measure of what he can do when he's up and about. Only concern is that it seems that uh, this injury may be still hanging around as yeah. he's been seen in a moon boot this preseason already, both sides of Christmas. And, and that's always one of the biggest concerns for a fantasy footy coach, isn't it? Where it's the, if they are having a quote, interrupted preseason, especially on the younger side of a player where they're still growing and building their tank, they're still increasing their aerobic capacity. That's where you just go, oh, maybe not. And especially for Connor, he does need some midfield minutes to really bump up those scoring potentials, especially in AFL fantasy and dream team super coach. I think because of his ability to impact the game through score involvements um, and, you know, strong ball use and efficient ball use. That's not as much of a concern for me, but you're right. Anytime someone's got a interrupted preseason and as yet no official date when they're going to be doing full contact drink training, that does put a little bit of doubt in the eyes of some coaches to go, I'm going to go after it. For me, what's probably really exciting for me, should he manage to get through the rest of the preseason relatively unscathed, is one of the inclusions that Port Adelaide brought in during the trade period, I think it's actually really crucial for how Rosie and potentially even Butters as well could both leapfrog some of those extra midfield rotations the reason they've spent a lot of time for is they're just so darn good and classy and they add x factor in and around the ground you've got that big hulking tank in charlie dixon who's going to duke everything that comes within a 30 meter radius of him but then you've got these blokes either side of him someone like an Arazio fantasia coming in all of a sudden the necessity to have to have butters and rosie there that decreases someone like a Robbie Gray is probably going to spend even more time forward as he ages. It means if those two guys, Gray and Fantasia stay fit and healthy, we should see these two young boys. And we're talking about Connor, but really you could argue it could be either. They should start to take some greater midfield responsibility. And with that, an increase in their fantasy scoring. That's it. It can never hurt being a little bit closer to the ball. So you'd suggest that Orazio Fantasia and Robbie Gray kick back to the forward pocket as sort of Gray winds up his career and Fantasia starts to, you know, romp up a little bit. And Butters and Rosie push forwards, hopefully grab that easier midfield rotation because they're closer to the contest or they can get that outlet kick and put it inside 50. They can really carve out a role. And I think um, as long as they're around the ball, they're going to find it, especially last year with Connor Rosie. We saw that he spent one quarter in the midfield predominantly and he was able to get five clearances. So yeah. he doesn't need a lot of time to make um, l- more of what he's got. He's, he's such an incredible footballer. Like there's, there's moments where you look at him and you go, oh, there's a moment where I saw a glimpse of Patrick Cripps. Then you see him in another moment. And you're like, oh, there's a moment where I thought I saw a Nat Fife be able to do something in traffic. And then there is those moments where you throw him forward and his teammate in Robbie Gray. And he's you could put other parallels of players in there as well. But he really is such that incredible player that if he's up the ground, 
He's going to get the ball in and out of stoppage. Also, he's got the wheels and the class to be able to hurt you on the outside. Equally, if he's pushing up from inside forward 50, he's going to get on the scoreboard. There's going to be score involvement. So I'm really quite bullish on Connor this year. As long as that little injury concern that's slowing down his preseason at the moment, if he can push strong through February and early March... I'm really quite keen in Supercoach on, on taking the plunge on him. He's really, really cheap in that form. And he's shown just a few times this season gone, he's got a ceiling about him. In AFL Fantasy, I think there's some value there. I, I don't know if he's going to be enough in these formats of Dream Team and Fantasy to be a keeper in terms of a 95-plus sort of guy because we've got a lot of top-tier forwards this year that it's hard to get up to. Maybe in previous years, an 85 would be enough. I think you got to bump that 90 range in fantasy and dream team through there. So I'm I'm watching him, but I'm not sold on him like I am in Supercoach. What, what's your take on Connor this year, mate? Yeah, I think you're spot on, MJ, where you see a bit of Nat Five, you see a bit of Patrick Cripps, you know. You're waiting for it to click and you know it is going to click. It's just a question of when. And right now, for me, there's a lot of variables affecting mm. that. And uh, there's just no, there's nothing concrete at the moment to suggest that I would pick him based off his previous season. But this is why we watch the preseason games. This is why we keep a keen eye on Marsh. We watch the points per minute stats. We see the role that they're playing. Connor Rosie does have it all. And if he can put it all together, yeah. then he's a brilliant pick. It's just whether or not he's there ready round one. Yeah. Uh, and certainly in fantasy, 518K is a slightly awkward price to yeah. pay because you can go down 150K and find someone who's going to do more or less the same, or you can go up, you know, a little bit of change to 550K and maybe just find somebody who's been averaging what Connor has for the last two years for mm. five years instead and just have a bit more security. Yeah, I don't mind that. And again, you, we've talked about um, Zach Butters a couple of times. There's every opportunity that he's the one that gets these opportunities, that it's not Rosie's time to shine in 2021. Maybe he'll be the 2022 guy. So that's what makes it so intriguing to watch this preseason. Uh, I think what Port Adelaide do this year is going to be crucial to their chances uh, of a long-term final success that's not just built on some of these older guys that have held through. They're going to want to make sure even greater responsibility comes over these guys. They have a long-term opportunity of success. They've got the talent there. And it's certainly going to be fun to watch. When we talk about drafts, though, Louis, before we wrap up this episode, I'm happy to say in a keeper league, like a brand new keeper league, he's safely inside my top 50 picks. Like I'm that keen on him in a keeper league. He'll either be a long-term 90 plus forward for your guy, or if he gets midfield only, he's probably going to be that long-term 100, 105 plus guy for you. So in a brand new startup keeper league, I'm pretty bullish on him. But in a single season draft, it's an interesting one where he goes. He's got the potential to push up to an F2 in a draft, but you probably don't have to spend that sort of a draft pick and running on draft day. Depending on the format, Supercoach is probably going to be an F3. Someone will reach for the breakout and believe the, for the breakout, whereas Fantasy and Dream Team, F3 is probably the earliest you're jumping and maybe F4. So maybe similar to like Caldwell from a few days ago. Is that the similar sort of range you're sort of targeting in, Louis? Yeah, so I think in a keeper league, for sure, I think he's got a relatively high floor, which is exactly what you want from a player whose career is only just starting. In terms of single season drafts, I think, yeah, F4 is probably, he's a really good F4, I think, and you'd 
be stretching a little bit to have him at F3, but I think he's probably the bloke that gets picked a few picks before Caldwell, which is why he's 42 in the most relevant right yeah, now. That's why he's just that little <laughs> bit of him, that is for sure. Hey, mate, appreciate your work today. Uh, as we've talked about one of your boys, Connor Rosie. That's it, mate. Love talking about my Port Adelaide boys. Thanks for having me on. I thought you might. Well, if we have any more, we might try to get you back on through the 50 most relevant. If you want to go check any of the players revealed so far, already about a week deep into the 50 most relevant, you can go and check it out at coachespanel.tv. All the player articles are there via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can like, you can follow, you can stream, you can download, you can do whatever you like to catch up with these episodes. And if you want to get early access to them, all the links to join our Patreon supporter group, you can find that at coachespanel.tv. We get early access to these podcast episodes and a bunch of other exclusive content. Tomorrow we land at number 41 in the 50 most relevant. Who's it going to be? 